0: This is the intro music, in case you didn't know. Yo, yo, welcome everyone to another episode, an extremely special episode of Weird Growth, the podcast where we hear the weird, strange and often unpredictable founder stories that uh, founders often find themselves on. Uh, We're doing something a little bit nuts tonight, obviously, Um, we're doing what is normally in a private padded cell room in front of a group of uh, 40 or 50 people. Thank you all for being here. It's great to see all your smiling faces. This is really cool. Um, and we are also here at Terrace Loft. So thank you to the Terrace Loft guys. As Jack said, like super cool space. Um, we're in a secret warehouse location here in East Perth. Uh, it's not so secret now. It's lost. It's Terrace Loft is what it's called and you guys are all here. So thank you. Jack, thank you for pulling this together. Jack is our amazing producer of Weird Growth and we're up to 21 episodes as of today. So well done, mate. Um, You know, you've pulled this together and you've just done a superb job and organised this. So thank you very much. And even more importantly, we have two amazing guests on the couch here tonight. We have Elizabeth Knight, founder of Purposeful. Round, Round of applause. Come on, we've got a live audience. May as well use it, right? Thank you for being here, Liz. And we have Nick Hudson, founder of the Push-Up Challenge, who has Thanks, just Cam. recently raised $9 million this year alone for better mental health and probably made a few sore pecs around the, <laughs> the nation. <laughs> many sore arms, many sore pecs. Thank you so just. much for being here, guys. So normally um, what I could introduce you, but you're going to do a better job of introducing yourselves. So, Elizabeth. On the spot how would you introduce yourself to someone you've never met before
1: hello well my name is elizabeth um i am the founder of purposeful so it's a startup helping students find direction in their life after school um but my journey really what i do is not really as important as why i do it and i guess began purposeful when i graduated from high school and on paper had done pretty well i had shiny atar and a scholarship to uni but I had no idea <laughs> what I wanted to do, as do most of us, right? Actually, more than 50% of young people across Australia. So I really wanted to solve that problem and to help young people graduate with more and confidence.
0: We are massive fans <laughs> of what you're doing at Percival and we you know, hear all about that. Oh, thank so thank you. you for being here and sharing that. Uh, and Nick, what about yourself? How would you introduce yourself? How would I introduce myself?
2: Um, I'm just a suburban boy. <laughs> Um, grew up in Melbourne, moved to Perth, saw the lights. Uh, I decided to yes, I think it's worth it. <laughs> um, well, there's some although at the in here. It's a bit cold out there. How do I they get past the door? <laughs> <laughs> I um, founded the push-up challenge about five years ago, you know, in a previous incarnation, and um, I've been passionate about mental health for ooh, maybe about ten years now, um, since learning about my dad's struggles with with depression. Um, and after having some open heart surgery about four, three or four years ago, um, I decided to, to boost uh, the push-up challenge to, to turn it into uh, what it is today, which is um, something that I, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't even have dreamed of uh, in terms of how big and influential it's become in the mental health space. So, so I'm, just a, I'm just a guy with a laptop and, uh, and a dream. Uh, how corny is that, huh? Um, but I'm keen to do something in the um, in the mental health space. Keep keen to help people push for better mental health.
0: Thanks, mate. And we've worked on a few projects. Yes. Uh, we'll, yes. We will get into everyone's stories <laughs> and backstories in, in a little while. Um, but just for now, before we get stuck in, I have a pop quiz oh. for each oh of no. you. Oh my gosh! Well, literally the hot seat. Oh if you were gosh. to start a new business today, what would it be, and who would you be helping?
1: I actually already have like a backup list of, <laughs> of <course you> do. <laughs> quite a few things just in case for my future self. Um, one would definitely be in women's health um, because I just know from, yeah, I, I, I haven't worked on the elevator pitch from for this one as well, <laughs> but for so many young women in particular, I think just um, women's health in general is really under-researched and understood space and I think, yeah, there's a lot a lot that could be improved there. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nick, you've been given thirty seconds to think about this question.
2: No, I, I've got that advantage, but <laughs> hasn't done me any good. Um, if I was still, well, I'm obviously obviously passionate about the mental health space, and, and I see a few opportunities uh, in that area still uh, for improving things, particularly in, in workplaces uh, across Australia. So I, I'm uh, I've got some um, irons in the fire for the next thing in, in mental health. If I wasn't to be in mental health, I'd be trying to get into whatever Elon Musk is getting into next. <laughs> Um, so that guy seems to be ahead of the curve and he's got some pretty interesting ideas about AI, which I think is quite interesting, maybe beyond my education levels, uh, but something would be very interesting to get into nonetheless.
0: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Great answers. Um, Nick, we have a little bit of history, we as do, I alluded to. We do have to, a bit of history. Including yeah. a few uh, startup weekend-related yes. uh, sort of escapades. What do you remember most about those? What comes to mind? Well, mate, texty. Texty, Texty, come on! Tell us come about on. Texty, please. Texty,
2: well, Texty, uh, has anyone here heard of Texty? I expect no hands to be raised right now. <laughs> Got a, a couple of super fans. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, t over there. <laughs> so Texty, um, so uh, how, how many years ago was this? Maybe I believe
0: it was 2016, wow. 2015.
2: Perhaps. Okay. So we, we we had an idea. Uh, or, you had an on, idea. Sorry. I had an idea. I got dragged along, and yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Come stream. along to this," and and Cam um, reluctantly came along. Anyhow, we we uh, have you ever had that experience where um, uh, this isn't a cell by the way. I'm just telling the story. Have you ever had that experience where someone texts you, and you're not quite sure how to respond? You know that 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 question at the start, at the early start stages of a relationship, that says, you know, what are we?" And you're like, "I don't know." <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. So what I identified was um, there's a problem with, <laughs> with understanding how to reply to people's texts in certain circumstances. And I thought, well, can we outsource the replies to texts? Let's put it out to the crowd and see what happens. Put it out to the crowd, put it out to the masses <laughs> and see what happens. And uh, so I had this idea. I was telling Cam about it. And, and, and I think Cam, when he heard me talking about it, he assumed as if I was talking about uh, a, um, a service, a product that already existed. And then uh, later on the conversation is like, no, 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 Cam, this is what I want to do. This is what we want. He's like, oh, it doesn't exist. I'm like, no. He's like, oh, yeah, let, let's do that.
0: And, and so with the Startup Weekend, you get to yep. come along on a Friday afternoon, evening, pitch all these random ideas to a room full of people and then hopefully some of them are interested enough that they're going to help you build it. So you form teams... To build over the course of a weekend,
2: a startup. Yeah, so, so you've and got put it out
0: to the market and see what happens. So you got you got
2: you got a um, a weekend to make this happen. So you got forty eight hours to get it out into the market and see if this thing takes hold. And usually, these startup weekends, of which there've been many, um, they might get like a a, a couple of sales that the thing that the the teams develop. Uh, they might get a couple of sales,
0: a bit of interest.
2: But but Texty went a bit further than no,
0: that. Did it that. ever? Liz, you've been to a few startup weekends in your time. I actually,
2: have oh you haven't been long. to Hackathon. I, knew,
1: I know. I knew you were going to well react that way.
0: You've got to go to the next one, and so do all of you, <laughs> because it's the, it's the best fun, it's and a you, lot of it's fun, amazing yeah. how much you can achieve in the course of a weekend. What did we achieve in the course? Well, of a Well, we weekend, we
2: achieved um, the the worst website you've ever seen, <laughs> um, uh, but it it got traction uh, and. Uh, um, we had a, a couple of nibbles. We, we managed to get something up pretty quick. We, we had a developer. It worked. Our team. Like, it, you know, people could post their messages yeah.
0: up and they were getting responses. Yes. Might have been from us,
2: but they were getting some responses. <laughs> Lots of responses. And uh, to the point where, um, I mean, we got our thing up pretty quickly, our website up within maybe a day or, or, yeah. or thereabouts. By Saturday
0: evening, it was up and running. Yeah. Yep.
2: And so, come Sunday, it, the traction was, was starting to build. And Sunday night, the um the, the they have this sort of uh, what do you call this judging pitch sort of night. Yeah. yeah, so pitch you
0: pitch night. it to a panel of investors mm. what you've created over the course of the weekend. Yeah,
2: so we're, we're pitching it to investors, and, and, and our product Texty, had done pretty well to that point. In fact, it was start you know that hockey curve thing. It was just starting at, at this point here, uh, and we had all these these cool numbers to to put to the in, to the investors, and um the numbers continued to grow during our, during our pitch um, to the point where we're like, please don't let our pitch end because it just kept on going up exponentially at that point. It was, it was a very exciting, uh, very exciting It night. was, yeah.
0: And so eventually what happened is it was picked up by this really cool site called Product Hunt. It was on Hacker News. And by the, the following weekend, a week later, it had been on MTV.com. New York Post, like Daily Mail, uh, and it had gone, I guess, viral. I, I I'd call it viral. It had gone around the world, and then the West picked it up. The West Australian newspaper yeah. picked it up the week <laughs> after yeah. they discovered that it's actually something cool had started here in New York. That was probably the pinnacle of my
2: career, because we had, a, we had an article <laughs> in the West Australian, and right next to that article was an article about billionaires strike it rich in, in Western Australia. <laughs> so if you glanced at it quite quickly... You could have mistaken that Cam and I had become
0: billionaires quite quickly. We are getting some wild weather outside. (laughs) This is the joy of live podcasting. But I don't think we're getting... Are we getting much feedback in the headphones? We're good. Yeah, awesome. So if you're listening to this podcast in three years' time, just know it was raining really heavily outside. Elizabeth. Hello. You are on a mission to help young people. Yes. Like yourself. Um, I, I know this is something that you've, been, that you've experienced before, getting to the end of high school, not knowing what you're going to do with your life. That, tell us about how that felt, how other people feel when they're going through that and what you've done to address that.
1: Yeah, I think...
0: And speak th- quite loudly <laughs> into the microphone.
1: I think um, what's really profound about that problem, right, is that even though as you get older, it kind of becomes like this smaller issue and it it maybe gets further and further away from from you at that time it's maybe like the biggest problem you've experienced right when you're 17 like what is the meaning of life like who am I like those are the things that um, so many people grapple with Um, how do I respond to text messages exactly that too it's like two extremes yeah and when I was experiencing that problem and certainly still to this day I think there's still so much pressure to have an answer And almost a lot of people, often people that care about you, who ask, you know, what do you want to do? Like, what are you going to do when you leave school? Um, Are really derailing you at times because if you don't have an answer, then you kind of feel like a fraud or a failure. And um, I know so many people, including myself, who would start to like make up an answer, just, you know, just to appease people because it's just kind of an expectation that suddenly you have it all worked out when you graduate or even in year 10, um, and so I was like really interested in that in that problem um, and the experience that I had and um, the the weird or wacky part of my growth story I guess is where the initial idea came from was this leadership conference that I went on when I was in high school um, in LA and um, which was you know transformational enough when you're 15 and you've never been to America but yeah, huge. essentially essentially was this sort of Tony Robbins style. Leadership conference for high school kids, um, which is just next level kind of extra. And, and Kai, who works, <laughs> yes. I know that's the one that
0: you've been on too. Yeah, wow.
1: Yes. Yeah. So you get, get there and like you're 15 and you're surrounded by like you know people that are, it, it's almost like a cult. It, essentially, it feels like it's like super high energy. Like everyone's dancing. And you're like, what have I got myself into? Um, but the guy that started it is like a celebrity dentist. He was one of the Dentist on you know extreme makeover and the doctors like that was his gig and so he would get all his A-lister clients to just who you know he cleans their teeth like or does their cosmetic surgery um, to come in and talk about their stories of success and um, by the end of the week you're kind of like yeah I've heard this story before like forget it and then you have that light bulb moment of uh, like it's because all successful people do similar things and there's right. actually a way to be in the driver's seat of your life and take control of your future and that sort of stuck with me. So I knew that in the back of my mind that there was another way of thinking about this and yep. wanted to bring that into something more scalable and sustainable because obviously we don't all have A-lister friends <laughs> or yeah, clients. Yeah, and so you came good.
0: back from that into yes. high school, went into uni?
1: Yes, yeah, my first year at uni.
0: And yes. how, did that, how did that sort of catalyse yeah. Purposeful?
1: Yeah, it it catalyzed it, honestly, and I think probably some of what you might talk about a bit later, um, Nick, around, you know, I was super burnt out because I'd worked really hard and kind of achieved this almost like epitome of success in, in high school. Yeah. And then you coached I was, for 12 years of your yeah. life to
0: achieve this thing.
1: And that people are like, oh, my God, it will be amazing. And then you get there and you're kind of like, what next? Yeah. <laughs> what, what now? Yeah. Um, and I was really exhausted. And so I actually was forced to spend more time with myself and getting to know who I was. Um, I stumbled into entrepreneurship as many people do and was quite struck at the time by this idea that you could create your own job you didn't have to choose a job so that um, really sparked my passion um, for that space and um, got involved with helping other young people to become entrepreneurs and then once I'd plucked up the enough confidence and courage took the leap myself and now I'd sort of Feel as though I'm a bit unemployable because I don't know if I could work for someone else <laughs> in the same way after tasting the the entrepreneurial life. It, yeah, I'm definitely feel you there. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you were involved in Bloom as yes, well, which yeah. is that sort of UWA um, entrepreneur space. Yeah, there's some really incredible, you know, sort of an inspirational people have come out of there, including yeah. Hum, the team, and. Um, you know, one of the team former team members are here tonight uh, that we've worked with for a long time and it's just such a, I don't know, uh, energising space yeah. and community to be involved in okay. to see young people who are in their late teens, early 20s basically building businesses.
1: Yeah, now it's a, actually considered like a career path which even when so I started, a f-, you know, maybe four or five years ago like we were trying to sell people on that idea still and now um, you get you know high school kids coming through who know that that's an option for them so that's super exciting i think we're only just seeing starting to see the impact of of that that ripple effect that's yeah spreading so
0: so good push-up challenge yeah to date people have done 173 million push-ups i believe is that an up-to-date figure that's
2: it's a few more than that now um so this year alone it was 241 million push-ups. That was very out of date. <coughs> it's, it's very out, yeah. How so do you
0: get that many people to do that many push-ups? That is oh, incredible It's
2: actually a fair bit of effort. So <laughs> two, 241 million push-ups is um, so it was a bit of a vanity metric. Um, it's, it's the equivalent of about, of about 10 push-ups per Australian. So I like to think that our event improved the health of the average Australian by 10 push-ups. Nice. I'm not sure if I can say that, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one way of looking at it. Um, so that that's that's this year. I mean, it's it's taken uh, a few years to get to that point. So last year, I think we're at about 140 million push-ups for the year. Okay, that's probably where I got that number. That's from. probably
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's perhaps where you got it. So, so I, I, what is it about um, the the push-up kind of? I guess it's a, kind of a gimmick, but it's a it's a thing which people can engage in. What is it about that that has captured everyone's imaginations?
2: Yeah, sure. So I think it's just a it's um, it's just it's just a fun thing to do. Um, so when we started it uh, like five years ago, uh, we, we just started it to, to get fit. It was July back in, in 2017, 2017. And um, we realised our, our beach bodies weren't quite ready for summer. Uh, and so myself and a few mates challenged ourselves to do a lot of push-ups in a month, and uh, what we found over that month is it kept us connected. Uh, mm. So yeah, every day we were checking in with our mates. So oh, how are you going with your push ups? How many have you done today? And uh, and yeah, we, we found this connection that um, that we hadn't had sort of excuse to have uh, without the push up
0: challenge. And so yeah, we just just grew it from there. So it was started group of mates. Surf club, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and then it evolved a little bit further, um, a couple of years along, and it wasn't always called the Push Up Challenge. No, no that's right. So it started.
2: <laughs> it started off as something else. It started off being um, uh, aligned with with the Tour de France in terms of the push ups they did.
0: Are you? Um, are you being careful with your language? <laughs> I'm trying to be careful. So <laughs> uh, it's.
2: Uh, I remember when we were trying to market it, and um, w- when it was. And when we were aligning it with the Tour de France, I thought, well, how how do I get this event out there? And I, I went to all these these bike shops. So, like, well, who's going to be interested in Tour de France and doing push-ups? So, what we did is is we we married up the number of kilometers ridden in a day during a Tour de France so the number of
0: push-ups that someone had to do. So, you do one push-up per k. Yeah,
2: it's one push-up per k. And so, does everyone? Yeah, so, Tour de France. Yeah, so it's a twenty odd day event and and. And that worked. That was an okay concept. And I, but I thought, well, how do we grow this? And so I went to all these bike shops. And I emailed all these bike shops and said, oh, hey, um, do you want, you know, do you want to be involved? And uh, and they were like, no, <laughs> <laughs> why do we want to be involved in that? We're just cycling. Not we're we're cy- Yeah, we're cyclists. We're interested in our legs, <laughs> not our arms. You idiot. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe that's not the answer then. And um, And so we're getting a bit of pushback from the the cycling community and um, probably the main bit of pushback was from uh, Tour de France themselves uh, who did not like the concept at all and and sent us a very uh, sternly uh, worded (laughs) letter saying... Please don't do that anymore. <laughs> so they
0: wouldn't have sent that if it was just you ringing up a few bike shops. Like there was actually there was quite a bit of traction by this point, right? There was yeah. quite a few people participating in tour to push up. I can say it. You probably can't. Yeah,
2: no, no. Call, call what it was. So, Thanks to the lawyers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's quite a few people. Uh, few people participating, but you know, we think we'd we'd reached its limit. Yep. and uh, and so we decided. Well, hang on a sec. This this is about mental health, right? And I've, I've got a personal interest in mental health. So all right, well, how do we you know, turn it to be more uh, mental health focused at its core, and so uh, we decided to pivot to a to a different design, um, which was quite risky. We we, we thought it was um, quite quite morbid at the time, so um, we we changed it so that the target number of push-ups um, was the number of people who took their own lives the previous year in Australia. Um, and when we thought about this idea we thought hang on a minute that's a really dark topic you know who's going to want to talk about that that's that's not a fun we were a fun event you know have some fun with your mates uh do some push-ups um get a little bit silly with it um thought, all how do we how do we couple that with the the very sort of serious topic of mental health and suicide in particular and so that was a massive jump yeah, it was a, it was a it was a massive um, you know pivot for us, and we thought what is this going to take on, um, and with the initial marketing and all that, it was looking grim there for a while. I was like, well,
0: this is a bad
2: idea. <laughs> but point. like,
0: you know, how were you reaching people? How were you selling the message of what you were doing with the push-up challenge? And how were you encouraging people to blast the crikey out of their poor old pecs and? <laughs> Do a couple Lear of hundred push-ups bro. today?
2: Yeah, so I, I guess there's a few audiences who are, who are interested in, in the concept. You've got uh, those are interested in mental health, those interested in, in fitness, uh, and those interested in just, just having a bit of fun. Um, and, and finding that sort of intersection on the Venn diagram um, took a bit of, you know, A-B testing in, in, in with the masses, but I guess eventually we got there. It started when with, um, with us, you know, basically knocking on doors. Uh, so going to to gyms and say, oh, hey, do you want to be part of this? Um, so very much, you know,
0: one-to-one um, focus to build it from there and then, yeah, yeah just grow it from there. Cool. We'll come back to that because uh, there's some really interesting stuff which I think people would really like to hear about how you took that to become a national hit, really. Um, so thank you, mate. Elizabeth, you uh, you told me you're being accelerated <laughs> at the moment, so you're going through the Plus 8 program. Uh, which is a really cool accelerator program. I think it's in its fourth or fifth year now here in Perth. It takes startups and helps them take go from basically one to you know, a million, hopefully.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> How are you
0: finding that process at the moment? And tell, tell everyone what's involved.
1: Yeah, so I guess for most accelerators, really the concept is that you get you know, maybe money and, and mentoring and support and just all the things that maybe you don't have as a solo founder on your own. Um, to accelerate your growth and get you to that next stage much faster, um, which it definitely is doing. I think the the brilliant part about it is that for myself in the beginning of my journey, I was like a solo founder and didn't have a team and particularly in COVID. So I basically graduated and then at at the um, start of last year and then was in isolation starting this business on my own. And that was definitely challenging so it's awesome to be part of a, a community of other people that are solving these weird and diverse and wacky kind of problems and have such amazing experiences um, so yeah that's been that's been awesome yeah I
0: mean the, the amazing thing about plus a is is awesome community which wraps around startup founders and gives you every kind of resource imaginable to be able to take things to the next level and people have been there done that um, it's, it's a really cool thing to see um, and you Know you, uh, from just the p- few months that you've been involved, in and yeah. I've seen you your business sort of take on a whole new sort of level as well. Um, you've you're a fellow podcast host yes. too. Um, you know, what what led you to that and what benefits are you seeing from and what is it called again?
1: It's called the lost button. The lost button. I think I have to explain this story because it is a bit yes. of a, a weird growth story too. Um so I guess when I started trying to solve this problem for young people, I was really just as many entrepreneurs are trying to see what sticks right and then coming up with so many different potential solutions that might help to you know, push the needle and actually um, impact people um, and one of those sort of random ideas was the lost button what if when you were feeling lost, there was this random, this was, there was this button that you could hit and it would help you get unstuck and um, like a magic sort of um, solution. And so I decided to try and build that. And and as many um, ideas are in the, the beginnings, was very much a Wizard of Oz solution. So you know, send us any problem or question you have about your future and we'll send you like a personalized set of ideas to help you get unstuck fast right and you look and
0: behind the curtain yeah and it's, and it's like me like wizard. frantically
1: like you ask anonymous style like answering all these people's questions yeah. but it was actually brilliant because um what i found really difficult was that people didn't want to talk about this problem particularly young people who who were my friends maybe who i could tell were really lost and i could maybe help but there's sort of this shame associated with, like, not knowing what you want to do. Um, but with this idea, it actually let people open up and helped me to gain incredible insights into, like, all this, this really diverse data set now of, of problems that people have. And at first I thought, sort of thought this is something that people might spam and, you know, use in a, in a bad way, but literally we haven't had a single response like that to date, like, and hundreds of people that have done it Amazing. Um, it's it's incredible. They're all four or five-star kind of hair-on-fire problems that people are experiencing. So, yeah, I feel a lot of responsibility. And so your main sort kind. of
0: audience, your customers for this are yes. high school
1: Yeah, and so actually we've sort of moved to, I guess, one part of the... Uh, challenge that i faced was that i realized that we could actually serve and help young people with, you know from 15 through to 25 and we were attracting people across all of those ages so that became a
0: so you're attracting people yeah. from 15 and how how are they finding out about you how are you reaching them <laughs> yeah that's such like that's one of the hardest things to do as a startup founder is like okay there's this amazing problem that i want to solve it's hard but how do we even introduce this concept that no one's even thought of before to new people Mm.
1: definitely a lot of it it began with me getting up on stage with a microphone and (laughs) sharing my story and really organically that became the most effective way for me to grow my network and audience and um, so what do you mean
0: just out in public just with a microphone
1: (laughs) essentially um did a number of things to begin with i did do a ted talk and that was outside my comfort zone for sure, but wow. um, has been an incredible like growth lever actually ever since then. Wow. Um, and I did a lot of public speaking at schools and whatnot, and that sort of built our base. And I think once you've got that initial community, like that's when it becomes easier to scale. But sometimes finding those first like 100 people is actually the hardest mm. part. So now that we've kind of got that and have continued to engage them, like. That's where the potential then comes to actually scale that into something bigger. Um, yeah, so it's been it, I think with this lost button kind of concept, it's been awesome because it's just it just grows really organically, and also because we're doing it for free. So that and, and there's sort of reason behind that too. But I think people kind of feel this sort of indebtedness to then give back in some way, and they do share like that. That then ends up being by telling other people about yep. it, and that natural kind of um, traction yeah no there's definitely
0: if you can find a you know a novel approach to solving a problem which a lot of people have or at least have niggling in the back of their mind and then they discover this amazing solution which takes that pain away or makes them feel good about what you know what they're doing in their life or something same as push-up challenge i suppose it's hard not it's hard not to tell others about it you just want to be the person who introduces it to your friends and so, you know, the old days you'd go, oh, you know, I want something to go viral, but it's not really about that. It's about how can I help as many people as possible because if they experience that solution, all they want to going to want to do is share it. Yeah. Nick, is that, is that what's happened with Push-Up Challenge? It Because there's certainly an element of virality to what you do. You encourage people to create content, to film themselves doing the push-ups, to share it in their network. But what else are you doing to make sure that you're pushing that out to as wider audience as possible?
2: Yeah, so we tried... Try to keep the event um, as accessible and, and as fun as possible. Uh, so, you mentioned, uh, Liz, that you know, what you're part of is, is, is free, and, and I, that's obviously <laughs> makes it a lot easier um, for people to get involved. And, and uh, I know at the Push Up Challenge, we always want um, the event to be free and uh, to allow people to get involved. But I think the key to um, to, to us uh, doing so well, and certainly in our future, is, is, having it, um, is having the event remain fun, um, which is Quite challenging, as I mentioned before. It,
0: it's it's a it's a heavy subject. Yeah. Um, so, in what ways are you making it fun? What are you What are you doing to keep that sort of excitement around it? So, well, yeah, we, we've got a
2: um, we encourage people to have fun with it. So, we've got our you know our push ups of the day, which we celebrate, and know uh, yeah, the language that we use in our in our in our brand is fun uh, as well. Uh, again, there's a challenge of you, know, you want to be fun but not disrespectful. And and it is hard. We've got. um, I mean, I I occasionally get approached by um, by people who who lost someone to suicide uh, in the year that we're focusing on. So, uh, so for instance, this year's focus, this year's target was three three one eight push ups, which represents the three three one eight people who who, three three one eight Australians who took who took their own lives in twenty nineteen. 2019 being the last year of available uh, available data, and occasionally I come into contact with someone who uh, knew one of those uh, 3,318 people, and and you know, having those chats with them is it, it it can be well first of all extremely moving, um, and I'm I'm I guess I'm I'm quite lucky that we've we've toned it a certain way, in that when they come to me with their story of their Know their brother or their mother or their mate that, that, that took their own life that we're able to have like a a meaningful conversation that isn't completely dark. Sure, there's there's a dark element, but there's a there's a fun thing in there as well, or a respectful sort of um, joyful part of it. In that we're able to um, you know open up these discussions, which normally are, are quite hard. Yeah. to
0: Yeah, I think one of the uplifting things about Push Up Challenge as well is the. Um content that gets created is by the participants. Mm. And so, you know, you might have a team of a local police station and all the police officers are out there doing the push-ups or firemen or a sports team or AFL players on the front page of of your website. And so it's hard not to feel like you're in this sort of Massive community, supportive community of people. Well, who are doing it. That's a good point. And, and I guess
2: the event it, it gives people a license to have fun. Yep. So, yeah. So people are looking for maybe a reason to, to get out there and do something a little bit different, and the event does that. So yeah, you know, they can get together with their, their local mates, the police force, or or gym, or workplace, or school, etc., and uh, and have a bit of fun with it. So we've seen people go you know, dress up and and, and do push ups in all sorts of um, weird and wacky locations, and, and yeah, the event gives them. A license to do this and to and to talk about something which which they may not have, um, you know, had had a mechanism to talk about before. So mm-hmm. our event gives them a a way to express themselves on, on um, social media or to their friends in conversation.
0: You're a bit of a numbers man, so um, nearly nine million dollars was raised this year. How many participants was that from? So this year we had uh
2: 174 thousand participants. Wow. Um, which is, last year we had, had 130,000. So it, it grew from, um, from 4,000 people in year one to 1,000 people in, in year two. Um, sorry, oh, from four thousand down sorry. to one thousand. So sorry, from four. Sorry, for your pardon. So from four people in year one. Oh, four. Right, four four people in year one. Myself and, and, and three. So that mates. wasn't the the
0: year that you got the letter from Tour de France, obviously. No Tour
2: <laughs> de France were well after that. So interesting story. there. So it started off with myself and, four, and three mates, so four of us, um, and we um, we were doing our push ups, and the only way for us to to track these push ups was uh, through this app that we found online. Um, which allowed us us to count the push ups but we couldn't share them so we had to screenshot it with the counter and then put it in our little messenger chat it was so annoying and I was like I reckon I can fix this and so I jumped online and found a guy who could develop an app for us by app I mean a website and it cost us about 200 bucks and so for 200 bucks we had this really well no an absolute piece of shit (laughs) app. Um, get so what you pay for, Nick. Yeah, exactly. Well, when it comes I'm to a right. software developer. <laughs> no. um, so you, talk, you, know, you hear about um, minimal viable, viable product. This, yeah. this was it, right? It was, it was a simple screen and you go in there and you, 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 you bank your push-ups and you can see where your mates are up to. Uh, and it was, you know, the guys loved it. And, and I loved it as well. I was like, oh, okay, it does that. I wonder if it can do this. And, you know, and then that $200 <laughs> quickly blew out to another number as we you know, added in all these, all these other features. Um, so it grew from, um, from four guys and, and to 1,000 uh, people in, in year two. And um, in year two, I was particularly proud because uh, we had someone taking part in every state of Australia, including just one person in Northern Territory. <laughs> so I could make that claim <laughs> of being Australia-wide. So thank you to that Northern Territory person who's listening and watching. Thank you so much for being part of it and being able to claim it as a national event in year two. Uh, soon after that, um, we realised, well, okay, well, this 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 Tour de France thing probably isn't uh, sustainable, um, decided to pivot it. Um, but it was after that, uh, after that year that um, I was... Uh, out in the surf one day uh, with, with some mates and, uh, and, fi- and realised I was really unfit and uh, came back and, and um, well, long story short, I found out I had to have open-heart surgery, um, the style where they cut your chest open and do bits and pieces, do things. And that hit me really hard. Um, and leading up to that surgery, I you know, distanced myself from my mates and from my family and just fell into a really heavy depression. Um, surgery went well, uh, but coming out of it, I was also just depressed, lying in beds, um, a fair bit of pain. Uh, didn't want to see my mates or anything like that. And uh, seeing there in bed, I'd pretty much finished Netflix by this point, uh, and thought, "Well, hang on a sec. This is, I, I need to do something else." So I, um, I got my laptop and built the push-up challenge from there. So from from up until that point, the push-up challenge was a that, that shitty little app, um, which which a thousand people suffered through, and <laughs> um, and a, a website, another a fundraising uh, website that we um, that we use. But I thought, well, hang on a sec. Our app is not talking to that that website, um, and there's no way for them to talk at the moment. So I. Thought, all right, well, why don't we integrate these? Why don't we make them the same? But to do that, we'd develop our own website as well. So that began our journey or my journey in developing, um, you know, the website and the app to be integrated. So there, lying in bed, I was like, all right, right, well, let's, let's grow this into something bigger. Um, and I had a bit of time off work to get through the surgery and all that uh, and, and grew it from there. So grew it from, um, yeah, four people in year one to 1,000 people in year two. Then there was a the surgery. Then we had uh, forty nine thousand people uh, taking part in year three, so
0: it really blew up. From so, how did that feel when you realised that this was something that it's not just me and four mates that are you know keen on this? This is this is something bigger. It was, it
2: was really really cool.
0: Yeah, because you, you, with something like that, you're yeah you're
2: putting a bit of um, you're putting a lot of time in it. You're investing a lot of emotional energy in it. Yeah. and at that point too, like a, a lot of cash. Um, and it's again something I'm really passionate about, so you know, and, you know, I found it fun. So if it died, I wasn't you know, it was going to be the end of the world, but um, I was hoping it would succeed. And when we got those first, you know, those first signs that, oh, hang on a second, people are registering and, and people are, are donating to the cause, it was like, wow, this is this is really cool. And I remember the <laughs> I remember the first donation that came in. Uh, it was the first person who registered, and they donated hundred dollars. And uh, I thought, wow, this is fantastic! How good's this? Everyone's going to donate a hundred dollars. Nope. <laughs> um, the next hundred people, no one donated. I was like, oh my god, this is the worst idea ever, ever. But um, stuck at it, and uh, and and yeah, grew from there. So we had uh, yeah forty nine thousand people involved in year three, so twenty nineteen, and then you know, grew it further. Um, made. Further improvements, uh, you know, had a more sophisticated marketing strategy and it grew from 49,000 in year three to 130,000 people in year four last year. So, um, yeah, so it was just like massive growth and and a lot of effort to get there. And then this year uh, we grew it again from 130,000 to 174,000, which, you know, I'm just super proud of. To put that into perspective... I tell some of my mates this who, <laughs> who haven't done the challenge. Yes, I'm still mates with them, even though they haven't <laughs> done the challenge. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool, Nick. That's cool. And uh, I think it's, it's easy to lose sight of those numbers. Um, and to put it into in perspective, like Movember in Australia have about 100,000 participants and Dry July have about... It's way
0: 50, harder to um, grow a moustache, though, than to yeah. do 5,000 push-ups. Some
2: of us yeah, have seen a moustache. <laughs> so uh, and, Dr- and Dry July have about 40,000. Um, obviously, both amazing events that contribute a lot to, um, to very worthwhile causes. But when you put it into perspective, it's like, wow, okay, we're up there yeah. with them.
0: Created something that's creating some amazing impact, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. We're, we're, we're quite surprised awesome. and
0: stoked by, by the growth we've seen over the last yeah. uh, five years. Liz, what could po- you're a few years behind, but <laughs> yeah. you will have a similar sort of impact. I I know with what you're doing and the sort of commitment and just sort of focus of what you're doing with purposeful. What could possibly be next? What what's, what does the future hold for what you're doing?
1: Um, great question. I think where where I'm focused, well, my vision has always been to create you know a business that is scalable, sustainable, and purposeful. And I think for <laughs> us, we're always like chasing purpose and, and doing things very intentionally and making sure that, you know, you're not just jumping at the thing that's gonna make you money quick, but actually like trying to solve a really systemic problem. Um, and yeah, so my really I want purposeful to be something that at any time when you're feeling lost, like in your in your life that you can fall back to us and, and find to redirect towards a path you're passionate and about. And hit the lost button. You hit the lost button. And I'm sure that, you know, the mechanics of what that looks like uh, will continue to evolve. Um, But, yeah, that's our vision. And so I think I'm really – I met someone the other day who sort of admitted straight up, they were like, yeah, this thing that I want to do, it's going to take me 10 years to do it, like, at least. And I certainly feel that way about what we're doing, that a lot of forces are against us, but now is also a really critical time for change and education in particular. Um, And and hopefully we can actually, you know, be something that – every young person when they leave, like this is your first step out of school is is purposeful. So, um, yeah, which has been super exciting. I think there's some really innovative um, things happening in the ed tech and online space that people previously wouldn't have thought possible. Like the idea that you can scale like a live cohort-based program and you can and you can do that really um, successfully. So that's definitely what we're looking at and seeing how we can be ahead of, of instead of, you know, spending lots of money building up content in a future of work and life when no one really can be the expert on what's coming next, um, how can we kind of actually co-create and co-design solutions with young people as they're going through them um, and be more competitive that way?
2: So. I've heard, so good. I've heard that, um, that people tend to overestimate what they can accomplish in a year but significantly underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And I think that's um, a particular struggle in the startup space. You're like, oh, I want to do all these things. And they're, they're super optimistic, and, and you have to be to get through this, right? There's a valley of despair. <laughs> um, it's like, all right, I can do all these things. And, he, and inevitably, you, you, you don't. You might achieve great things, but maybe not as much as what you want to achieve. Um, but you still do good things. But if you keep at it, it's like what can be achieved? Um, over ten years can be can be amazing, so I think that that first year in particular the first few years in particular can be
0: can be a real struggle yeah awesome One big piece of advice to any founders starting out either of you
1: I mine would be just keep showing up like that exactly what you were just t- touching on that I think um, that is how you become successful. <laughs> is literally every day, like, despite the mistakes that you make, in spite of the mistakes yep. that you make, right? Like, continuing to shop. That was
0: Warren Buffett's line was yeah. the one, number one rule of being in business is staying in business.
1: Exactly, yep. exactly, and sticking on purpose. <laughs>
0: yep. Anything to add to that,
2: Nick? Uh, yeah, just fail. Yep. Fail is... Like is,
0: texty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, fail hard and fail early. Um, just, just, just keep on, just keep at it. Work out something that doesn't work, learn from it, and then move to the next thing. And you, you see, um, it, if you, you know, if you're adults, you're probably pretty good at certain things of life. Uh, and when you when you try something new, you're probably going to suck at it, right? <laughs> you're probably going to be absolutely atrocious at it. And it, it's just getting through that initial phase and and making mistakes. Failing,
0: learning from it, and then moving on to the next thing. So yeah, fail hard and fail early. So we never quite got to the end of the of the texty story and why why it doesn't exist and why you're not all using it today. Um, <laughs> and after we did the lap around the globe and you know had twenty thirty thousand users on it or whatever it was, it was pretty simple really. We realised that teenage girls don't have any money or a credit card, and so we couldn't turn it into a business. Uh, and so that kind of wrapped up. Yeah, we, we we
2: struggle <laughs> we struggle with revenue. Yeah, we struggle with time as well. Even
0: it was, the product was ninety nine cents, and they still didn't want to pay. So yeah. <laughs> we definitely uh, didn't think about that. <laughs> okay, one last thing that we do with weird growth is a quick show and tell of the device, tool, toy, thing which makes your life better that you can't live without at the moment.
1: Mine is Airtable. Oh, I love it! As someone like who cannot code. Um, Airtable and its many um, integrations are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Notion, but yeah. Um, and I think I have to give credit to someone in the audience this one, but Super, which is a super startup that essentially turns your Notion pages into websites. So yeah, love so it. So
0: good. So Airtable's is just like a super fancy online Excel slash Trello board slash yes. note taking tool, which just does it all and it's yes. yeah really hot and it integrates with a <laughs> lot of different things. What about you, Nick? Oh, wow. Okay, I
2: would not have to learn about that one. It it sounds like a good one. You've not heard of Airtable? I haven't used it. Oh, uh, get on it! Yeah, <laughs> I have to get on. Jeez, the one thing that's keeping me, well, one thing I'm really excited about at the moment. What have I just started uh, using? Uh, I'm, uh, nothing too exciting. I'm listening to um uh, another podcast other than Weird Growth at the You're moment. Kidding! I know, I know. So when when I'm uh, <laughs> when I'm not listening to Weird Growth. Um, <laughs> Uh, I listen to how I built this podcast, which, yeah. is, which is which is pretty good. Awesome. Um, one day it'll be as good as Weird Growth, but um, um, I, there's, there's a how I built this
0: is absolutely gold. Yeah, uh,
2: the Jira. Does people here use Jira much? as a, as a tool it's pretty dry, isn't it? But that's uh, is there a something few birds in the- nodding their head in the audience. Here? <laughs> that's anyhow. That's something I am pretty excited about.
0: That's how boring my life is. I am excited about Jira at the moment, so that's all I've got. Well done. Final plug and product ask or if any what can anyone who's interested in purposeful do to get involved or do they just press the G- yeah ch- check out the lost button lost but not button. all at once
1: <laughs> yeah. um and
0: oh, we're yeah. out of time sorry guys that's it God. no just let's go
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and if you know any um schools of young people that are feeling a bit lost then um let me know
0: so school teachers principals yes. high school yes, yeah any okay all, where send been. them your way yes perfect
2: uh, the push-up challenge, <laughs> it occurs once a year in June. Oh, you've, so, yeah, uh, you have to wait till next year now. Yeah, so <laughs> you, if, you, if you air this podcast in uh, May next year, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be perfect. But, uh, look, if, you, if you're interested in getting uh, more involved in, in mental health, there are a number of great charities out there, so I encourage you to, um, to get into it. There's uh, two proven uh, sources or ways of, of, of uh, getting happy in the world, apparently. Um, one of them is dancing. Uh, and the other one is volunteering. So um, get out there, and uh, if you're not involved in push-up challenge, that's cool, uh, but I recommend you, you get out there and volunteer for an organisation
0: which you're passionate about. If you've got beer, that's one way of getting happy as yeah, well. Yeah, well, that's the third one on that list. So the cool thing about doing this live, thank you guys, great answers, and uh, we'll make sure that there's all those links are in the show notes, but the cool thing about doing this live is we have an audience, which means we can actually ask live questions <laughs> of the audience. So... We've got Kai here with a roaming microphone. Uh, Kai's a professional MC as well, so <laughs> hello Kai, thank that's a, you.
2: That, that's definitely a lie, but... Uh, well, you get paid <laughs> to be an MC, so <laughs> yeah. that
0: means you're a professional MC. Who's got some questions for the panel? Rob? Uh, how many times have you been asked to do push-ups live? Um, I'll assume that question's for me.
2: <laughs> uh, many, many. It's, it's, the, it's the ongoing joke. Um,
0: All right, we've got three camera angles here, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you must have pecks of steel, though, mate.
2: They're, they're, they're getting that. Oh, I'm good. He I'm good. I get. Um, <laughs> what was the name? Of, um, we, we get all sorts of interest in, in the push-up challenge. A lot of ambassadors there as well. There's one who was the original um, bachelor. What's his um, Australian bachelor? Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Maybe some of Anyhow. Yeah. So Tim. I don't know what is Tim Roberts. Called. Is that yes. is he the original one or? One of, anyhow, I did I did a thing with him recently. And, uh, and my team are like Nick, you're gonna do this live uh, Instagram thing with Tim Robards and of course I pretended to not know who that was and then um, and then yeah, I looked him up and oh my God, this guy is super buff And uh, yeah Nick, you have to do some push-ups alongside this guy and I was like nope this <laughs> guy's. so I get I get asked uh, all the time oh. mm.
0: Good question.
1: Um, this is probably for both of you. But what do you think has been the most rewarding from both of your little startups? Yeah, um, defi- definitely for me, it's like now when I have – I used to have a lot of conversations with people when they were lost because they kind of would come to me, I guess, um, and not have something to actually help them with. Like, you know, there's nothing that I can actually point them to. So it's, like, very cool now to be able to point people to that. Um one of the coolest parts though, I think has just been like growing my team and actually like having other people um, sort of, yeah, grow that idea. Like that's one of the coolest types of growth is, is suddenly when other people are passionate about what you do and driving that and even a few days ago like one of my team like basically like sort of landed us this gig and like negotiated and all this stuff and I was like she did a way better job than I would have done. Like that's a really rewarding feeling to see other people kind of Bring it to life. Someone
0: said awesome. being a startup founder is a bit like being a cult leader.
1: Oh, yeah, like, it is. You exactly. need to, ha- <laughs> and,
0: like, you know, convince people to believe in your crazy vision and jump into the abyss with you yeah. not knowing what's going to happen.
1: So it's kind of, yeah, it's scary when people do, but at the same time it's so cool because it's just awesome motivation to actually, like, keep going and, yeah, keep them on board.
2: Yeah, so w- when you when your team's better than you at something, it's actually quite cool. And you're like, right, righto. Thank God they don't depend on me for that. <laughs> and they're better than me. But for, for, in the push up challenge, what's, what's quite rewarding are the stories we hear. So we get the occasional, um, um, like the peak of the event will be contacted you know, over a thousand times in a day with people asking questions. And some of those are positive feedback things. And, and those stories are, are, like, are quite beautiful. I, I think um, one of the best things about being in a sort of startup space and having your own thing uh, for me is the ability to create something and uh, having that flexibility to go, right, I'm going to try this. Um, so having that, that creativity, I, I find, um, having that sort of licence or that, that canvas to be creative, that's, that's really cool. Yeah.
0: Good question. One down the back. Hey, guys. Uh, so you both touched on mental health and putting aside some time for yourself, and you've just created some absolutely cracker ideas, <laughs> and and brought them to life. So in the, I suppose, the birthing stages of both your ideas, and now, uh, what do you guys to keep do to keep yourselves uh, mentally and emotionally in, in check?
1: It's a really important question and topic. Um, I think the reality of it is, like for me, it's sort of come in waves, like you will have, times when you do just have to hustle (laughs) for better use of the word and, and get it done. And that often, yeah, does, does lead to burnout and it's, we actually literally just recorded a podcast episode on burnout today. And um, like, it's something that we're all going through. I think I also just have to unsubscribe sometimes to like the expectations and pressures, particularly in the startup scene, like there's just this really unrealistic narrative of growth often that, is not really sustainable for a lot of people, and like being able to take a step back from that and um, it is, is really important. And actually, I think for me, having um, a really clear purpose and intention behind what I do makes it easier to do that. I think if I was just doing it for money, it would be a lot, a lot harder. Um, but I, I still definitely keep grounded in like my friends and my family, and taking time out for me because I know that like, the business can't live if I'm not looking after myself so sort of like it's non-negotiable to to look after yourself i think
2: yeah it's hard like yeah, with the in the event space um, you, you have to perform you, i remember with with our app so we, we developed a new app for this year and uh a week before the event was due to start the app stores pulled it they pulled the app they said it's not valid on the store's what do you do with that? Uh, you know, the pressure we were under was 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 immense. Um, we got the app back on the store. I'm not sure when it came online. I think it was a few days before the event, and right up to that point, we're like, "Yeah, no, we've got an app. It'll be available really soon." And, and you're going through all sorts of all sorts of stress. In you know, it with the push-up challenge, my my mates often um, um, joke about it because we we. Um, like the push-up challenge, we're telling all these like mental health stories, we're educating about people about mental health and how now need to eat properly and what you should eat and how you should sleep and the rest of it. Meanwhile, <laughs> people behind the event, we're not sleeping, we're not eating, we're eating pizza and, and whatnot. So um, uh, it can be it can be very hard. But when you're you're part of something so meaningful, so, so purposeful, uh, it, it it keeps you going and. and um, you, know, you hear these stories of, of um, like people like winning lottery um, quitting their jobs and they end up you know going back to work in some fashion like maybe not straight away um, but they end up like volunteering or doing something else because they want to have that that meaning in life and um, having a being, meaning, having a purpose in life is obviously really important and, and working um, it uh, you know, provides that can provide that purpose. When you've got your own startup, that's just working on steroids. It, it's like, yeah, it's like right. People
1: say don't want to do a nine to five, but it's like, well, it's like a twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's
2: like, unrelenting. Really? It's, yeah. If if you any other occupation, if it wasn't yours, and in, in, you know, your boss asked you to work, well, I know at my peak this year it was sixteen hour days for like months on end. No one's going to get me to work that many hours other than me from something I'm really passionate about. So striking that balance can be hard, um, but I find having that purpose and and being part of something you're really passionate about, uh, whether it's your own thing or or something else, um, that helps you
0: get through it. Thank you, guys. Really important conversations this evening, and thank you to the audience for the great questions. Um, Nick Hudson from Push-Up Challenge, thank you so much for joining us on Weird Growth tonight. My pleasure. Elizabeth Knight from Purposeful and the Lost Button podcast. Really appreciate you giving up your time and being here with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, Jack, our head of community at Ammo and our amazing Weird Growth podcast producer. Great job tonight, mate. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Louis Terrace Loft team for hosting us in the secret East Perth warehouse yeah. location. It's been a blast, actually. I've really enjoyed it tonight. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is we definitely have to do this again actually so thank you everyone for coming along there's still more beer and pizza um, and thank you everyone out there in podcast and YouTube land for listening to Weird Growth, really appreciate uh, you making it through to the end of this episode, please do subscribe and review if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Podcasts, whatever it is thank you very much, please do give us a rating and leave a review Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Weird Growth. I'm Cam Sinclair. (laughs) Bye-bye. Nicely done.